0: what's up everybody welcome back to story time with uncle reddit my name is john and this is r slash malicious compliance yeah i got my schedule a little screwed up for my uploads the last couple days uh yeah life's crazy but anyway and to break things up over on the tales from tech support channel i uploaded a i did a little well little i did like a half hour video on some crazy and ridiculous amazon reviews so if you get a chance hop on over to that channel and check out those reviews and uh In the meantime, let's do some malicious compliance. Don't want to pay for my ambulance? How about a helicopter instead? I had an anaphylactic reaction a few months ago and recently received a large bill for being taken to the hospital in an ambulance. Apparently the ambulance company, while owned by the in-network hospital, was out of network, so the bill was on me. Huh, how's that work? Wanting to avoid this situation in the future, I called my health insurance company to ask what ambulance companies were in-network. That's when I learned that absolutely no ambulances for 150 mile radiuses are in network except for three helicopter ambulance companies. So I live in a fairly rural area where many folks are hours away from the nearest hospital. And farm accidents are common, so it makes sense that we have helicopter ambulances. But I live in town, and a ground ambulance is by far the cheapest and easiest thing for everyone. But it's not in network. The insurance representative said that the reason the ambulance wasn't covered was to encourage members to use in-network services. So I said, the in-network option is a helicopter, and I live three miles by road from the hospital. Are you sure you want me to use the in-network option? There was a long pause, and she said she had to check with her supervisor. A week later, I got a letter from my insurance company saying that my bill was paid in full. Looks like they didn't want that in-network option after all. So it's not really malicious compliance yet because you didn't have to do it, but... You know, the good news is somebody in that office, maybe a couple somebodies, came to their senses and actually did a little bit of quick math and realized that, uh, yeah, this was going to save a ton of money if they just pay for the ambulance ride instead of the helicopter ride. I understand insurance companies are in the business of making money. I get it. But, you know, sometimes they'll spend tens of thousands of dollars to save like two or three hundred dollars. It's just, it's just maddening. But what are you going to do? There's others who will buy it instead. So I, 32 male, decided on getting a new car for the partner, 29 female and I. I had my old VW Golf and wanted something larger after several close calls on the road. We decided to sell it whilst the second hand car market is strong and get a new, not factory new, but new to us, 4x4 so we can finally go off road and have space for our puppy. I found a new car I liked, worked out a finance deal with the sales agent and had a quote with a breakdown of all the fees and charges paid a refundable holding deposit specified as completely refundable even with my change of mind on their contract and the holding deposit was non-binding on a purchase decision. And then I sold my car. Pickup day arrives and I head into the dealer to sign the paperwork and drive away with a new car. So the finance person had all the paperwork and I noticed that there was almost $5,000 on top of the quoted price. I asked what this was. They explained that there's now lodgement fees, dealership fees, and a new financial year fee so I can maximize my tax return. I flat out told them that this is not happening and that I'm only signing at the agreed amount. Finance person informed me that this was the rate and fee set by the head office and it's a final price. They also mentioned that they have a lot of people looking at this brand of car, so selling it to someone else won't be hard as they have plenty of interest. 2016 X-Trail, I doubt it. So I said, not a problem. We'll take the holding deposit back and go elsewhere. The look on their face was a mix of bubbling fish and a deer in a headlight. (laughs) Several calls from their finance manager occurred that day, whom sounded similar to the finance salesman I was dealing with on the voicemail requesting that we come back in and sign without any fees. Bet someone got in real trouble for that. Ended up getting a car from another unrelated dealer and couldn't be happier. Yeah, that's complete BS. When I say, and I've only done this a couple times at dealerships because I really, A... I don't want to buy brand new because you lose so much value on the car and I hate making payments. But on top of that, I really, I kind of refuse to deal with most dealerships. Maybe a small mom and pop used car dealership. Maybe it just depends on the deal that I'm getting. If it's a good deal for both of us, then I'll go ahead and do it. But most of the time you got somebody trying to play shady stuff and pad their pockets or up their commission or something like that. And it's just, it's crap. When I ask for the final price, I want the final out the door price. Don't come back at me a day or two later or an hour later or whatever and tell me that oh, it's going to be an extra $3,000, $5,000, no, 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 no. The out-the-door price is the out-the-door price. Tax, tags, title, inspection, whatever fees, put it all in there now or forever hold your peace. Yeah, I'll walk away from a deal in a heartbeat. Ain't no skin off my nose. Can't eat my cake in the living room? This is just a cute little thing my four-year-old did last night. We were having dinner and dessert afterwards. We always eat dinner together in the kitchen, but for some reason he wanted to eat his cupcake in the living room. We said no, saying that if he eats his dessert in the living room, we'll take it away. He leaves the kitchen with the cupcake, so I stand up to retrieve it. Only, he didn't go into the living room. He sat down on the threshold, legs in the living room, but his upper body, and thus the cupcake itself, was still in the hallway. It was so audacious, I couldn't help but burst into laughter. See? Kids are sneaky. They're sneaky, man. They will follow exactly to a T what you say. Not necessarily what you meant. But exactly what you said you said no cupcake in the living room well he was in the kitchen technically with the cupcake kids are smart man gotta give him credit whose tide are you on backstory i 38 female started dating this man 49 male a few months back and things are going well he's in my opinion one to keep but does live with his parents now in his defense he's lived with them for the last 10 years to help them as they're getting older and he needed the company after losing his previous wife and child So I don't count this one against him, as it's situational. Now his mother, who he warned me that she was pretty rotten, his words not mine, and overall not great or welcoming, fine by me. I don't date her, so I'll remain civil, use manners, and overall be kind out of respect for him. I've been to his place several times, multiple times a week. I stay there with him half the time, and in all the time I've been coming or going, his mother refuses to meet me personally. Other than that, she's been fine, and not bothered me or us at all. Her excuse has been that she doesn't want to meet any new girlfriends after the one he had about three years ago, only recently the tides, pardon the pun, beginning to turn, as she has asked multiple times if I was coming out to the kitchen to sit or if I wanted to join them for dinner at the table. He had denied the request for me, telling her I didn't want to and that she would need to personally come invite me for dinner, after all the fuss she made in previous months. I've found her petty behavior fascinating and have tried to not let it bother me and went about things as normally as possible. That seems to be working for now. Now to the malicious compliance, which could be the pettiest thing I've seen in a long time, maybe ever, and I can't help but laugh at it. I can't even be mad at it. So while I was there a few nights ago, I had a few things dirty and I threw them in the laundry to be washed, all items right side out and facing correct direction. He's told me she loves doing laundry, so it wasn't a problem. He also mentioned in passing that she was upset once and she brought his clean clothes, hung up and folded, but all inside out, because that's how she got them. But he insisted they weren't inside out at all when going into the laundry hamper. So he wore the shirt inside out all day just to mess with her. Which it did. And their laundry war was over. Fast forward to today and he grabbed the four items of mine that had been in the hamper. All folded and hung up neatly, ironed and everything. But all four pieces of clothing inside out. And I'm 100% certain nothing was placed in hamper inside out. She has purposely turned all of my clothes inside out before returning them clean. She has complied to the letter, but not the spirit of the request. Yeah, I don't understand why some people have to be that way. This this mother-in-law or... Future mother-in-law, maybe. Uh, sounds pretty petty. I don't understand why people feel the need to to mess with people and poke the bear for no apparent reason other than she had a bad experience with some ex-girlfriend several years ago. Uh, just seems strange to me. But some people are just wired like that. Doesn't matter who it is, what the situation is, they're going to start poking, 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 I guess to get a reaction. And then they'll act all offended and they're the victim when, you know, somebody finally blows their stack. As far as the laundry being inside out. It was hammered into me at a very young age to make sure everything I put in the wash is right side out, neat, pockets empty, things like that. Sometimes if there's a stain or something, if I've been working in the yard or working on one of the cars, I'll try to spray it with a, some kind of pre-treatment before it goes in the wash. Or maybe if it's super dirty so that I don't muck up everybody else's stuff, I'll just wash it separately. But there's never been a time that, well, maybe once in a while, you know, a shirt might turn partially inside out just because of the action of the washing machine in the dryer. It happens. But... When I do wash, I'm kind of the same way. I didn't sign up to stand there and turn people's stuff right side out. I may fold some of it. I may hang some of it up. But if you threw it in the wash all inside out and twisted, one pant leg pulled out and the other one the right way out, um, no. That's exactly the way you're going to get it back. So, But I don't do it out of spite. It's just because uh, A, I'm lazy and B, it's not my job. Mandatory office days ruined my company. Just like most companies, my company was forced to go completely remote as the byproduct of the pandemic. It was an easy transition as we already worked predominantly online anyways, just in an office setting. We run meetings and collaborate with stakeholders countrywide. Needless to say, we thrived during the past three years with productivity at an all-time high and turnover rate at an all-time low. Colleagues were encouraged to take frequent breaks and not to worry about school runs or medical appointments as long as it doesn't block work or results in projects not being finished. We started to win industry awards for this and everyone was extremely satisfied. You were asked to go to the office for collaboration purposes if it was needed, but they pretty much left it to you to decide. This was until our small-ish tech firm hired a new director who decided to enforce a mandatory three days in the office. Now these past three years we closed two of our four offices in the UK. Most people moved out of cities and bought houses, sent their kids to school in a new town and took on volunteering roles in their new communities. Second cars were sold and people took on more caring responsibilities as they worked from home most days anyways. As you would expect, people were extremely angry over this voicing their concerns. I will preface this by saying that we did better work from home and they admitted it too. There was no business reason to do this. This decision resulted in competitors moving in and taking away key players. We lost our apprentices as they were located across the UK. People started to quit left and right. As things got quieter, people decided to maliciously comply. Our remaining offices got overwhelmed with traffic. People couldn't find a desk to work, so meetings got delayed. People refused to work over their contracted hours or take on extra responsibilities. Our productivity plummeted and we had to result to hiring expensive consultants to help. Internal satisfaction surveys were so bad that they refused to publish the results. This happened in January. I just handed in my notice after 27 years and will be joining our competitor in two weeks. Ouch. I thought I would retire from here. Needless to say, an emergency meeting was called between the senior leadership, and they tried to fix things, but the damage is so bad that they had to hire an external company to save them from bankruptcy. I don't understand why new management needs to come in and muck things up. It makes me so crazy. Daddy, chill. Even though this isn't my company, it's not my job, it's not my business, but I read about these stories, and management thinks that in order to prove their worth or anything like that, that they need to come in and just totally disrupt everything. Throw the whole company into upheaval, and I guess that makes them look good somehow? I don't understand. Make me understand, please. If your job can be done just as well at home, and you have a small office space for those occasions when you may need it, and you're saving money because everybody's working from home, ultimately, then, uh, yeah, it's a win-win. Why mess with it? Yeah. Stupid. Willie Nelson comes back. I just attended a presentation about the Richfield Coliseum, an arena that was in Richfield, Ohio, midway between Cleveland and Akron, from the mid-1970s to the mid-1990s. One of the audience members told this story. Willie Nelson had finished his show and he wanted to sit outside his tour bus in the parking lot and sign autographs. A security guard told him that he was not allowed to do that because the Coliseum's insurance wouldn't cover it and said he had to leave. Willie got back in the bus. The bus houted out of the parking lot and the guard went back inside the building. The bus left the parking lot but turned back in at the next driveway and headed for the back of the building. Willie got out with an old lawn chair and sat drinking peach schnapps and signing autographs for the large crowd of fans that gathered around him. When the security guard came out to go home at the end of his shift, he saw the bus and the crowd and angrily confronted Willie. I thought I told you to leave. Willie replied, I did. Then I came back. Oh Willie man, he's going to do things his own way. He's proven that year after year after year for, I don't know, what's it been like a hundred years? Um, he's going to do things his own way and he really cares about his fans and the quality of his shows, the quality of his music, the messages that he portrays in his music. Um, he's a different kind of artist. He really is from a lot of today's artists. I know I sound old again, but anyway, swear I'm not a boomer. Swear to God. But yeah, good old Willie, man. He, uh, he's going to find a loophole. Just don't mess with his fans. Seriously. Sports bar manager changing the TV. I was at a sports bar watching UFC fights on a Saturday afternoon. It was pretty dead until around five when the early dinner crowd started arriving. One family came in and asked their waitress if they could switch the large projector screen from the fights. She came over and asked me and I said it was fine as long as they put the fights on another TV. The family had the main TV switched to ESPN, which had one of their special documentaries on at that time rather than live sports. Then the family asked if they could switch the smaller TV that I had just had switched to the fights. The waitress said no, since they'd already requested another TV. The family was annoyed and asked for the manager. When the manager got to their table, the father demanded that the fights be changed so their son, who was probably around 8, couldn't see the fights, since they were violent and not family friendly. The manager tried to calm the family down by moving the fights to a TV behind their son, which I would have been fine with. However, the father demanded that the fights couldn't be on any TV as long as the family was at the sports bar. Then he accused the manager of not caring about young children for insisting that the fights remain on somewhere. The manager nodded and said he'd get the TV sorted out. Then he also asked the father if he should change the music playing since it was pop. The father grunted about that being nice, and how the manager was finally being responsible and looking out for children. While this was happening, the manager sent the family's waitress over to put their order in. Then once their order was in the system, the manager switched the TV again. He put the UFC fights back on the main TV, but this time he turned the sound on as well since the pop music could be bad for children. The father started loudly complaining again and called the manager back over. He demanded that the TV be changed again, and when the manager said no, the father demanded to speak to the owner. The manager said he'd get the owner, but it may take a few minutes. The manager changed into a sport coat and came back over. Turned out he was part owner of the sports bar. Now the father really lost it and said his family was leaving. The owner calmly asked if he should have the family's meals changed to takeout orders. The father said they were leaving and wouldn't pay for the food the family had ordered. The owner said that the family had to pay for their meals since they were already being cooked. The father continued arguing till the owner threatened to call the cops, if they left without paying. The family ended up paying, but left when their food came several minutes later. Until they left, the father made the son sit there with his eyes closed and ears covered so he wasn't exposed to the fight. I busted out laughing once the family left. Okay, you're in a sports bar. Sports include, but are not limited to, boxing, kickboxing, jujitsu, jitsu any type of different martial arts. Then you have mixed martial arts fighting, which is the MMA cage stuff. I mean, come on, people. It's a sports bar. What do you think? All sports is baseball and golf. Maybe bowling occasionally thrown in just for good measure. If you don't want your kid to see any of the blood and gore of fighting of any kind, then maybe order takeout and go home. Maybe order delivery. Maybe cook something at home or go to a restaurant. That's not a sports bar playing, you know, 8 million TVs. How's that for a thought? No, just make everybody else bow to your wishes and your feelings. Ugh. If you want a latte, order a latte. I work at Starbucks, and we have this lady who comes in every single day and orders two shaken espressos, not shaken. (laughs) Shaken espressos are literally ice shaken with espresso, and the entire drink is ice and espresso with a bit of milk on top. When you shake it, the espresso foams up and takes up a lot more space. Now what she wants is for me to put the shots on the bottom and then dump all the milk in and add some ice to the top, which is a latte. So instead, I'll put the shots in, pack that thing so full of ice that she couldn't fit a straw in if she tried, and dump the right amount of milk on top. She always glares at me when I hand her her drink, but at this point, I couldn't care less. (laughs) So, okay. I sort of get it. People want what they want, and they want special things, but really, the request wasn't that hard. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's not something that was really putting you off. You know, you didn't have to go out of your way to really make this order for them. I've seen more ridiculous orders, trust me. And this is one of the reasons that I don't go to those types of places because, A, I'm not that much of a hot coffee drinker. I am definitely a cold coffee drinker, and I don't need anything super special. Honestly, a Wawa or Dunkin' Donuts coffee with a little bit of ice and cream and sugar thrown in, and I'm fine. Uh, Sometimes I don't even need the creamer, just a little bit of sugar and ice. I can see a little bit from both sides here, but uh, you did give them what they asked for, after all. But uh, I got to ask, OP, did you ever try explaining to them that this is just a latte? And, you know, from now on, if they just order a latte, it's going to be easier for the person behind the counter to understand and, you know, get a grasp on real quick or were you just feeling pissy because you're working at Starbucks, which I can understand that, too. Trust me, I've worked retail long enough that uh it's definitely not a morale builder. All right, guys, thanks for spending a little bit of your day with me today. I appreciate you joining me, whether you're on the podcast format or on YouTube or something else, wherever, if somebody shared it by some chance, feel free to share. Anyway, till the next one, we'll see you.